my call to action for you guys is to get out and go travel. Whether you have the budget or not, go travel to the new neighboring city that you've never been to. Go stay in an Airbnb. Literally, look on Airbnb and go stay at a random house on a river. Like, it doesn't matter. Just go do something that you haven't done before. And for Airbnb, you can find something as cheap as, you know, $5 a night, $15 a night. And maybe work an extra couple hours so that you can afford it next week or something. But go do it, whether you bring some friends with and, and, and share the experience or you go do it alone. I think there's a lot of value in solitude. Hey, online growthers, welcome back to another episode of Online Growth Systems. I'm your host, Dick Plitnik, and on today's show, we have Connor Paulson, the one and only, one of the co-founders of the company Uptown Creation. So they're a company that helps influencers, businesses, or even if you're just somebody trying to build your own brand on Instagram, go from zero to hero. And just to kind of name drop some people, he's worked with other people that Online Growth Systems has worked with, including Evan Carmichael. They've helped take Instagram accounts and actually grow them to up to 20K per month. So Connor, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dick. Thank you. Thank you. It's good to see you again. And I'm, I'm excited. I'm pumped to be here. I'm excited for you too. Actually, to give some background for the viewers, uh, Connor, we actually did a collaboration about exactly one year ago on your channel. And you guys are specifically large on Instagram because that's where your expertise lies. But we did uh, several collaborations on different channels of yours. And here we are a year later, uh, working with Connor one-on-one. So we're going to kind of catch up on, a, on an update because of course people can go back and they can watch that original collaboration on your channel to kind of get the, the building blocks, the backstory of how you guys got started. But just for the people who haven't seen that video, they're, you know, they're, they're, they're here now and they want to know just a quick brief, kind of tell us who you are, what your company is and how you got here. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, so simply put, again, my name is Connor Paulson with a company called In- or, uh, Uptown Creation. And born and raised in the Midwest, when I went to school, that's when Dick and I collaborated. It was my senior year. We were trying to pursue this social cause of helping millennials um, with self-development around the world. So that started as a YouTube channel. That was the main channel we wanted to focus on. And then that has since pivoted into Instagram growth and engagement services. Uh, Like Dick had mentioned, we are working with a variety of clients from small individual coaches to mom and pop shop restaurants to boutiques and large scale brands, influencers, uh, professional athletes, musicians, you name it. So um, it's been very, a crazy roller coaster. And, and truth be told, I just want to note that we had never initially planned, you know, like a year and a half ago that we would get into the Instagram realm. This was part of when we were trying to create a YouTube channel that we learned how to do this. And um, that's kind of how we fell into it. So that's the very condensed version. Right now, as you can probably hear, there are, uh, as Dick and I like to call my business partners, um, <laughs> as you can hear, it is currently... 6.30 a.m. in Bali, Indonesia. So we've been living over here for a month and we'll be living here for another month. But there are roosters all over the place. You might even hear a dog or two. And I think there is a goat we heard yesterday. So um, <laughs> you'll hear a lot of things in the background. So, uh, but we're up in the jungle. Just to give you some perspective, Bali is again this island. We are like in the center of it. So this is where it starts to get jungly. There is monkeys in the trees and things. So, so that's kind of neat. But yeah, that's also part of the sound thing. So behind me, you might see a cool sunset or sunrise, I guess. Um, and, and yeah, we're excited to be here. Awesome. Awesome. So Connor, before I start diving into my questions I have for you, with every guest, I try to have some icebreakers. So I don't know oh, yeah. if you're familiar with superheroes or not. Are you? To some degree, yes. <laughs> okay. This is, I feel like that makes the answer even better then. So I don't know if you're aware yes. of the controversy ah. between Iron Man and Captain America, but if you had to choose a team, which Avengers team would you be on? See, I, I think it's like it, it immediately comes down to the type of personality that, that you would want to portray or, or that you resonate more so with. And, mm-hmm. and right off the bat, I have to go with Iron Man. I mean, Stark <laughs> is, is the man. And I think most entrepreneurs might, but that, that could be just a, a false assumption too. I think that's a lifestyle a lot of people would like to live but maybe have a little bit more humility. What are your thoughts? Boy, I mean, just from the cinematic reasons, I'm definitely team Iron Man. And uh, 
well, I guess for every reason, I'm Team Iron Man. <laughs> yes, yes. But I'm empathetic with the other side. Like, uh, my girlfriend is Team Captain America. And, you know, we almost had our own Avengers brawl just because of that single issue. So I'm glad that we're on the same team. I don't have to end this call early. So <laughs> Thank you. Yes. No, I'm glad you are, too. And, and quickly, how would you say most of your guests? What way do they lean? Would you say most of your entrepreneurial guests lean towards Iron Man, or is that an assumption? Yes, most of the guests uh, who are entrepreneurial lean towards uh, Iron Man. This is interesting you're asking, and but most of the people who are more into the leadership persona, or the, maybe they've been in the military, because we have people on the show who are experts in like leadership or uh, team building and stuff like that. So the people who are, but they're entrepreneurs as well but they're mm-hmm. more on fire about those certain subjects. They always choose Captain America because I think he portrays as a better leader, you know, working, mm-hmm. team, you know what I mean? Versus Iron Man, you think of he's just as good on a team, but he's just as good solo too. You know what I mean? So, yeah. So it kind and of I, I think personality like, is like, uh, for Stark, it's more inward. So a little bit more selfishness. And then it's, it's the, the Captain America. He's for the, the good of all. And so right. I, I see that and maybe like social causes or people working on nonprofits or, or, you know, whatever that looks like, I can see them leaning. But that's, again, an assumption. My sister's a psychiatrist. No, so <laughs> I love, love learning. But no, I'm excited to be here. Awesome. So let's dive into the first question. Uh, let's, tell, let's talk a little bit about your background and how you ended up becoming an entrepreneur. Yeah. You know, simply put, failed for four and a half years straight. And, and I say failure because it was, I mean, most of the startups, I think in that time, five to seven startups that ranged from uh, laundry, dry cleaning, delivery services in our college town to men's fashion. We did custom leather bags that were handmade um, for, for men all across the U.S. And that just wasn't scalable. So I guess what I'm getting at is we were trying, it wasn't like we stayed in one niche or, or one category. It was literally... I was new to entrepreneurship and the reason I got in was I just vibed with the people. Like it was, it was finally someone that I, you know, these were the people that we could have these long conversations with and talk about where we thought the future was going. uh, Some of the problems and and opportunities that we could potentially capitalize on and, and really provide the utmost value. And so the condensed version is failed a ton and Luckily, I was in a position to fail, I guess. I was failing. I got into this entrepreneurial thing my sophomore year in college, and this gave me three years of a fail-safe almost, where I I still had like school and and I had a little bit of financial aid coming in. So it was like I could work at the bar just on the weekends, and then I could work on the businesses Monday through Saturday and kind of kind of learn what it took. And a lot of a lot of that journey was also. Uh, intertwined with personal development. I think at the same time that I got into entrepreneurship, I, I really fell in love with you know Tony Robbins, and then that got into Brennan Burchard, um, Jay Shetty, and and there's actually some um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on his name right now, and it's killing me. It's our, it's my my one of my favorite Canadians. Um, he's he's the he has that big book on on the monk that the monk that had a Ferrari or whatever, and I'm, I'm forgetting. But anyway. Long story short, I think the, the parallels really brought um, entrepreneurship to, to fruition and, and started to change mm-hmm. my views from let's make money to how can we actually provide the highest quality value and then what does that okay. enable us to do? Exactly. Because, I mean, you, you hear that all the time, but truth be told, for the first couple of years, my mind wasn't there and I didn't solely believe in it. I could say it. I was really good at talking about it in conversations, but... It wasn't uh, that true core belief that, that burned in my stomach that, you know, that urge to help others. Mm-hmm. And, and until it transitioned into that, I think that's when the universe said, like, you are, we'll start giving you a, a little bit of progress now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tell me about, because uh, I want to know more about your backgrounds, because, and for the audience to kind of know where I'm going with this is, for me, my, my origin story was very similar to yours. You know, I had a lot of businesses growing up, um, you know, whether it was elementary school, then high school and a college, but a lot of those were not successful, but they gave me like literally like I could write them down in one sentence of like a, of something I learned that stuck with me and helped me build my future businesses to be bigger and bigger. So I want to know exactly what fails you had 
you know, you can even say the name of your business. If there's any resources, they could go look just to see what it was like. Like for me, I've got old websites up from businesses that I've since closed down. You know what I mean? So it's yeah. so cool for people to see that. But I can say from Rhino Tools, I learned that you have to be scalable. You have to have funding. You know what I mean? Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? But I you can go into more depth. But let's like name by name some of your experiences that you had. What happened? You know, why it failed and what you mm. Yeah. So, so right off the bat, um, before Uptown Creation, the first venture was called Gentleman Care. And it was this social cause, um, become a gentleman. Like, be the gentleman that our, our grandfathers and great-grandfathers were, right? So, like, reverse time versus let's be the modern man, um, remember our values. And then a big component was, of, was the, the highest quality bags, leather bags for men. From messenger bags, duffel bags, just to give you context, because otherwise people are like, "You made purses for men," yeah, and, and that wasn't the case. <laughs> they're called satchels, um, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're called satchels, uh, and and so the learning lesson from that right away, because that was that was probably the biggest transition. One of my business partners is a, a few years older than me, and great guy. We really vibed. We were two years into the business, and a big part of it was I was still in college. He was out of school. I think he had been out of school for three, four years, and we were living in a college town. Now, the challenge was is that for him, being in the tech realm, he couldn't find jobs that, that really ignited his inner, inner happiness, right? And so he's trying to look for those jobs, and I think there are a lot of other uh, variables, but simply put, that was the biggest learning lesson was... Um, finding the right partner and, and maybe not always looking for friends or, or I guess it's, it's realizing like core values would be the, the biggest takeaway from, from the gentleman care because down the road, the challenges, the questions that come up as a business only get harder and harder when you're dealing with more money, more clients and every decision you make has a, a larger ripple effect. Mm -hmm. So that was learning lesson from that. Like the, I'm just, I, I forgot about this, but when you were asking earlier, I said, I mentioned the delivery laundry service. Biggest learning lesson is understand the numbers prior to getting in. It, it just wasn't cost effective after six months of doing it. I mean, the idea, the concept was cool, but we couldn't get anyone to offer a good enough deal with a margin that made sense. And another good one was before we got in. So after gentleman care, I started selling on Amazon and, and I did a lot. I started out as drop shipping from eBay to Amazon. And I had a, a friend named Chris, who's actually my business partner in Uptown now. And he was an open book teaching, teaching me and one other buddy how to drop ship, right? This guy had made, he had made a hundred thousand or no, 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 over a hundred thousand in, in revenue as a sophomore in college, his first year on Amazon. And, <laughs> and when he joined the entrepreneurial community, we were like, whoa, like you're, you're talking big numbers. Most of us in there were saying, like, you know, you won five, 10 50,000 at a competition, but this guy was coming in right. saying, no, we're like, I'm doing, I'm doing this amount each week. So he taught us drop shipping. The learning lesson was it just takes too much time. You get to this point and all of a sudden you start turning into this customer service agent. And so anyone that has to deal with a lot of customer service also knows that you're usually not dealing with the happiest clients or customers. It's usually the ones that are reaching out are the ones that are, are, are pissed. They're ticked off for whatever reason. And so then the drop shipping downside is you don't actually sometimes know where the product is because you're the reason you're making your money and it's, a, it's an opportunity is that you don't have to touch the product. Long story short, learning lesson, make sure you have full control of, of the quality of your service and, and product. And then from there, that transitioned into, we didn't like that. That was Amazon FBA. And so this was just like the golden ticket. Why didn't we think of this before? We had a little bit of capital saved up. So instead of doing the job shipping thing where we were selling someone else's product, now FBA was, let's go find a product that we know is going to sell really well and let's have it manufactured overseas. And then we're going to have it uh, sent over here. And then FBA simply stands for fulfilled by Amazon. Any of the Amazon guys in here, I'm sure guys and girls definitely know what this is. And the coolest part is, so we got this, these, um, before Yeti was like the big thing, we knew it was going to be a big thing. And Yeti didn't have any kind of presence on Amazon yet. There weren't any competitors. So this is our first product. We had manufactured a like Yeti. Yeah. Yep. Like a tumbler, right now there, it's gotcha. such a crowded market and, oh, yeah. and we just didn't move fast enough. Long story short for FBA, we had it manufactured. We had 512 units, which was the minimum order quantity. We had it sent here. 
and then we send it to three Amazon distribution centers. So the beauty was is we don't have to do a shipping anymore. Customer service is like very little now, especially compared to drop shipping. And so the learning lessons there would be move quick. We didn't move fast enough because then Yeti had picked it up. By the time we had manufactured it, had it in hand, did our quality check and had it on amazon.com, probably took six months, right? Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people in here that can do it a lot quicker. This was a year and a half, two years, two and a half years ago. Um, so that was the learning lesson. So hopefully this provides a little bit of value, but this is the very condensed version. And, and if anyone has any more questions or anything, always feel free to, to reach out because I, I love to talk about failures. I'm one of those cliche entrepreneurs that believes like failure is just a part of success if you really want success. So if you want it bad enough, you just realize this is, this is that one more notch in the belt. This is that one more step you have to take. It's leveling up. Mm -hmm. And, and it, they come in every form. It comes in the relationships you have with people, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, to your business partners, to your family, to people that you wouldn't even think are directly related to your business. It's all, in my beliefs, the universe's way to, to prime you, to get you ready to be at that, that next level. And that um, when you're ready, the universe rewards you in whatever way. Right, right. So it's almost like uh, when the student is ready, the teacher will appear kind of, but you can apply it to like, if you are already being a student, the opportunity will appear. So that way, after you've had a couple of failures, you've gained some experience or successes, right? Some minor successes. And then you see that mm -hmm. golden ticket, right? So if you imagine if you saw that a similar opportunity to, you know, tumblers and stuff like that, like two years from now, you would have the knowledge, you would have the experience to say, I see this opportunity, I need to execute within three months, or it's not a viable business opportunity. And you jumped on it. And you let's say, you know, before somebody else, a bigger player came into the game, you spent 12 months, you know, milking that cow, you could walk away with, you know, half a million dollars, just because you identified it, and you had the experience to execute it quickly, right? Mm -hmm. So Unfortunately, we did. <laughs> I'm saying that's why I said you know, you've got the yeah. experience to teach you. You know, you could jump on it faster, and you know what you're doing. And, but that's what I agree with you. I think more entrepreneurs need to see um, failures as um, a stepping stone, right? And I know a lot of podcasts and stuff talk about that. But so there, so knowing that that a lot of podcasts talk about it, I want to dive into you with a little bit about how people, you know, they might say, oh, this business, even if it's a failure, it'll lead me to a success down the road. But if they're focusing on a business for too long, you know, like fail fast, right? Like, like uh, Elon Musk likes to say, right? Um, yep. And then, and then adapt, right? Go to the next thing. But if people are spending too long on something that's a failure, you know what I mean? Oh, I can just fix it. Or if this one thing magically happens, you know what I mean? Or the other, the other red flag for me is if somebody's working on a hobby. Right. So you see this in Shark Tank all the time. They say, Oh, this sounds like a hobby to me. You know what I mean? You're not showing profit. There's no margins. There's, the distribution sucks. Your competition is tight. You know what I mean? Like you're doing this, you're spending so much time without any rewards because you enjoy it. And a, for a prop, unfortunately, a lot of entrepreneurs are probably in an area right now or in a venture that they really enjoy, but it's not going to get them more to, the, to the end game. Right. Mm -hmm. So the reason I'm bringing it up in this conversation is because I know that uptown creation has evolved over time. So I want people to learn from your story. So that way, if they're uptown creation of 2016, you know, they can be to where you are uptown creation 2018. You know what I mean? So you want to kind of dive into that story and you can go on in one of the points that I mentioned. So, yeah. So, so no great points. And I think you're exactly right. And in, in the simplest way that, that I view a lot of what you had discussed was, I think you do have to be passionate about it, but, but saying like you're passionate again, that's another cliche statement you hear all the time, mm -hmm. but it's very hard for most people to say, I know I'm passionate about ABC, you know, and, and this is why I'm pursuing it. So instead it's just looking into, um, and this is where I think personal development helps a lot too, because you have to understand yourself, but you also have to prime yourself to, to enable yourself to understand yourself enough to know what you're passionate about. And for me, it started with, watching Tony Robbins videos and that, that, that got you in, you know, that's a rabbit hole that'll get you into everything else, but, but starting <laughs> to understand yourself and, and then it's reverse engineering, understanding at whatever given point in time, what do you think is going to make you the happiest and saying, you know, not looking a year down the road, but saying 10 years, 15 years. And I challenge you. And what I just started doing with goals is 25 years. And there's even friends that'll go to 50 years. I haven't made it to that level yet but literally envision what you want that life to look like. 
So when you figure out, and again, that's the hardest to do, put the most thought into the future. And that's another big Elon thing is, is not looking at challenges in the world right now or two years from now. He's looking and he has those meetings with all the, you know, his other big executives, the, the big time innovators around the world when they meet. And, and I don't know if you read the Elon book, like they meet in, in one of those apartments in Silicon Valley, like once a month or once a quarter, just to talk yeah. about the high level, next level stuff. But they're talking about problems that are 10 to 15, 20 years out. And that's yeah. what I think the importance is. And so when you start thinking about that, it's not going to come as easy as thinking one year out, where do I want to be? And that's the beauty of it, though, putting more thought into it. And uh, the more thought you put into it, the, the clearer that picture is going to come. And then from there, you reverse engineer, right? And I, that it's, it sounds more complicated than it is. Once you know what that end goal is, put yourself in that end goal and look backwards at like where you are right now, right? And yeah. say, what yeah. would it take to get here? And from there, you see that the path is a lot shorter than, than what you might think. And, and you start to uncover some of the values and things that mean the most to you. And, and on but the other note, make those goals. Yeah. You kind of have to have metrics to know what it takes to get there. So if you say, I want to make a million dollars a year, but you haven't made a dollar a year yet, there's, it's mm -hmm. impossible for you to even calculate the work and the time it will take to make that. Versus if you say, I've already made $10,000 for one of my businesses this last year which means I called a thousand people to make that $10,000. So if I need to make a million, I need to make X amount of phone calls, have X amount of meetings, have X amount of contracts signed. Right. So that way you can, like you said, reverse engineer it in like a sales funnel. Right. Mm. So yeah, keep going. I just yeah. want to add that for people. Yeah, no, no, no. And, and you're spot on. I think the metrics to, to bring it to, to fruition is like to understand it. Cause it can't just really be a dream. And that's the difference is like the people right. that bring their dream into reality, they have a plan. Without a plan, you're not going to do it. And I know Gary Vee, you know, preaches that, but it's, it's the truth. How, I mean, um, and, and so, yeah, where I was going is reverse engineering is, is the way that I currently believe it. But also, you know, realizing that I forget what, what material we were reading. And, and they say every five to ten years, though, your passions in life can change because enough, of life, enough life events can occur that your values and, and aspirations can, can also evolve. So keeping that in mind too, not saying like, this is what I'm passionate about for the rest of my life. Like it's this contract. Yeah. It's like your old, old school cell phone contract. I'm stuck with Sprint for two years, like this same old phone for two years. Um, and, and so I think also having some fun with it because reality is, is life is so much better when, when you just have fun. I think humor is a big component of, of finding happiness. And, and if you're going to have business partners, making sure that you all align, whether it's the humor side or just personality types. I mean, obviously compliment each other and, and the services, and the value you bring to the team, but on the, the, the personality side of, of being able to go grab a beer with your partners, you know, once a week or something to, to also get yeah. some time outside. <clears throat> so I know that was a rabbit hole. I went way off track, but um, realigning that day, we were talking about, it was past failures, simplified, like learning lessons, takeaways, and then it got into how to view or how to the metrics to, to measure growth. And then what did it get to? Please remind me. So we, we were talking about how some people spend their time on a hobby um, and, or they're, they're working on a business that's a, uh, that's not going to lead to anything successful. So then I was saying how we can relate it to Uptown's creation of how Uptown creation story, of how it went from, this was your first business model. You took the same branding, the same know-how, the same clients even, and went to this business model and went to this business model and then took off. You know what I mean? Yep. So, so great questions. And, and yeah, and, and so it was a little different. It was, we had been in this business thing. I failed for three years. And again, I have two other business partners, Charlie and Chris and Uptown Creation. Um, and truthfully, it was, so it was just Chris and I when Uptown had changed. We went through this business accelerator. Luckily enough, I mean, we were lucky enough to, to have them take us in to a, um, a really awesome business accelerator, even though we were saying like our solution was we were going to provide self-development material to millennials around the world, right? And the big right. pitch was, was that, you know, our generation also has the largest, you know, we have increased levels of depression, suicide, like the list goes on. And so we just wanted to have some kind of fix to it. And at the time that made the most sense. So what were we going to do? We also wanted to grow our personal brands. We saw that as an investment. And 
any accelerator, they really push us. They're like, this is more of like a hobby, like you mentioned. Like, how are you going to monetize? And they didn't like the whole YouTube ad spin because that's so unpredictable. You know, it, it takes a lot of times years before you ever see any kind of real money. Like, you need 100,000 views plus, you know, on most videos to even start seeing a little bit of income each month. So that didn't work. But during this process of trying to figure out how can we get maximize our video content because you can only record so much edit so much and have enough high quality content go on a channel and we were like let's maximize it we thought instagram was the, the place and as we were looking into ways to really increase growth on instagram it was literally like a case study internally and my business partner chris was actually the guy that said uh i'm gonna figure this out like i'm taking lead on the instagram thing we didn't know anything about it at the time this was you know almost a year and a half ago um and we dove in and during that process we had also uncovered these new ways kind of these i don't know no, no one talked about it and they were very very difficult challenging ways to, to grow accounts but the beauty was there wasn't like a website there was you couldn't find a video or website that was like a, a tutorial a how-to tutorial how to do this from start to finish so it was this kind of leveling up urgency that you'd learn a little bit and test it and you'd see the value, but it was a, a lot of trial and error. So, so failing just a shit ton, like it literally. And it was going through accounts to figure out, okay, how do you do this? Cause you knew there was other people doing it. There weren't very many. And then after maybe a month or two of, of trial and in failure, this came to fruition. We actually kind of got this fine tuned machine. I'd say we're at like 80% capacity. There were still kinks but we were able to grow accounts a lot faster than anyone else and in doing it in the safest way possible with all organic engagement and organic growth. So the, like the following and engagement so that we were getting them to rank on the explore page. And as we were doing this, then it was just one day it was like, this is providing us a crazy amount of value. Like it, it has to be for others too. So that's kind of the, the, a big transition. That was like the 180 degrees that we went right. from the self-development YouTube channel to Let's provide Instagram growth services. And that was a, a big conversation was like, does this make sense? Well, it wasn't a hard conversation because we wanted, you know, we're, we're definitely bred for like the entrepreneurial type lifestyle and we're willing to give up everything in life if we can live off a little bit as long as we're working on what we love. And that's, that's a venture, a business of some kind. Uh, and that was, that was what it took. And then from there, we initially went out to, uh, we were like, who cares the most about their Instagram and and who would pay the most to, to grow their Instagram? Oh, you know what? Modeling agencies. And for a week, I scraped the internet for all the top modeling agencies around the world. And then day one, I had this list of 150 modeling agencies that represented all different types of influencers and models. And literally the first one I call, it was a sale. And I say this because it never happens in business. And with all the failures in life, Never, ever. And so then it was like, call Chris quick. I'm like, dude, first call. We got a sale. And so we we're all pumped, right? <laughs> yeah. Next yeah. 80 to 100, no sales. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> not a single sale. And um, I think on like the 100th or something, we got another sale. And, and so then quickly, and, and that was actually our first client. And it's, he's, um, he's in Canada, actually, and, and still our client. So it's crazy because I think they've, they've definitely been our longest standing client. Um, and, and so that's been super cool, but just right off, it, it was the point, it was the time of need for them and it was all by chance, but I literally, I mean, I don't know how most people view it, but I view the universe obviously align that like the amount of variables and the by chance that I called him, it happened to be linked to his cell phone. He was just leaving the office. He's like, I've actually been needing this. Like I was talking about it with my team earlier today. Like it was just a perfect fit, but that was this, okay, Hey, we can't provide this. This does provide value to others. And that transitioned into, you know, a few months later, then all of a sudden we hated working with model agencies because most of them, we signed a few more, they cared way too much about their brand. So they wouldn't listen to what we knew the proven uh, systems and, and strategies were. Like, and, and so that was understandable, but we can't show our highest quality service without them also being on board to some degree. So then got out of that and literally every other industry has been incredible we've met incredible people we work with industries from cannabis to real estate to life coaches of every type to um, a lot of physical product goods whether they're sold on amazon to a lot of healthy fitness 
clothing to to very modern healthy foods um and and now we're jumping into the athlete stuff so like from from basketball baseball uh bmx to you name it so it's it's crazy and and i guess the the coolest aspect of this business and why we see it big picture is i don't know where instagram's going in the next 10 years i mean it's definitely the social media channel to be on but it's it's that we have all these relationships created with industry leaders in all these different realms and they're all really cool people and i think that's the biggest takeaway is whatever happens we've been able to collaborate with these and a lot of these people are are going to be not only friends for life but it's it's that i see a lot of other collaborations happening just like you dick and i i know we're we're um getting your account set up now and and so we're excited we're talking about it as a team and uh right. yeah another ramble sesh for you but i love to do this i'm passionate about this stuff that's right that's what, that's what the online girls show is all about is uh rambling tangents and rabbit holes <laughs> i think that's where we're going to change the story. yes <laughs> but uh, put it on t-shirt yes <laughs> i like it uh we can even have a rabbit hole like the logo uh, but so the next question <laughs> i have for you is um i want to talk a little bit more about the personal development um we already know how you got into it what it means for you but i want to ask you specifics for the listeners here the, any, the audience whether they're reading this watching this or listening to it um some resources that you know of that you would recommend 10 out of 10, five stars that you think they should follow up and you can divide it into categories. Just, you know, what's, what are your thoughts? Like what's your number one favorite? Book? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, favorite books, uh, truthfully, I mean, if, if you're new to entrepreneurship, I think there's those core books, right. Um, from like how to influence friends. Um, and, and I'm butchering the name right now to, let me literally just pull up my, my reading list because literally in, in, so I guess before this, I think there's a huge life hack out there that not enough people are utilizing and that's mm. audio books, audible, whether it's audible or whatever, audiobooks.com has apps. Literally you can consume books almost twice as fast. And I know they might not set in as much, but understanding concepts from a high level. And, and as you do it, you can slowly turn the speed at which you're listening up. Um, and it lets you consume information a hell of a lot faster, especially when you wouldn't be able to read. Like when I'm driving from a meeting an hour away, you know, back home, it's not wasted time listening to music or the radio. That's just kind of noise. But instead, you're, you're consuming information. You maintain that mindset of, of constantly wanting growth, the growth mindset. Um, and then and while you're looking YouTube. at your books, I can totally verify. Like I'm reading like I think two audiobooks a week and then one physical copy book a week. And for like you said, like on Audible, uh, first of all, if you want Audible, we'll put the link in the description below. Um, I think with our link, you can actually get a free, your first book free. So make sure you guys check that out uh, in the show notes. But also, uh, like you said, you can increase the speed of what you read because you just start to get used to it and you can process information so much faster. So like right now I'm listening at 2.5 reading speed. You know what I mean? So instead of like somebody like speaking like you and I, they're talking like this and it's only really fast and you know what I mean? So, all right. Yeah. So just a little plug there. So let's, what are some of the other books that you're, looking at, that you're looking at? I love it. And on that note, I mean that people get, if you haven't downloaded audiobooks.com or audible, like you get your first book free. And I say this because I have searched for every single audiobook version because they always give a free book out. And so it's right. always trying to get that next free book. So if it's just downloading an app, like hell yes, I'm going to get it. I'm going to take it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so Truthfully, what I can do is I'll send you a list after this because it's on my phone somewhere and I can't find it right now. But I think one of the easiest ways to start consuming this information and understanding from a high level the mindset that you need to have, uh, there's a few people and going on YouTube, they have incredible content. So Tony Robbins, obviously most people have heard of Tony Robbins. I think he's great and, and there's a reason why people pay him the big bucks and in the big time leaders in this world, the movers, the shakers, and the future creators are all working with him is because he understands that all on a high level and he's practiced for so long. Next level though, my favorites, Brenda Burchard, look him up on YouTube and the, the Canadian Robin Sharma. I was forgetting. And if you don't know Rob Sharma, you'll be mind blown. And he really introduces the spirituality component, which I think is a big part of uh, personal development. And then Evan Carmichael, I mean his videos, and I'm sure most of your viewers have probably seen his videos as the top 10 Steve jobs, top 10, you know, whatever They're, it's, it's right. brilliant on how he does that. 
Uh, and I'm trying to think, I'm, I'm probably, I'm forgetting one more, but I can't think of, oh, Charisma on Command. That'll, that'll always get you going. That's probably my channel that I follow the, close, the closest. And um, every Monday morning, oh yeah, Charlie's awesome. And every Monday morning, I am excited to wake up. That's why I get to the gym early, is that I, I do cardios to start the day on, on Monday morning. And that gives me time to always consume the 10 to 15 minute video. Could, gets you in the right mindset. Uh, very condensed, and and he practices what he preaches. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's awesome. So we talked about books, we talked about YouTube channels. How about like one movie or documentary that you know of that people can watch? It can be something that's inspiring, or they actually have like open up a notebook or something and take notes. Yeah. So I'm gonna go a little off the cuff here, and and go for it. If so, so on the book thing, what I've really loved here in the last year is reading more biographies. And, and um, I think there's a ton of value in switching every book that you consume, doing a fictional, then next non-fictional, fictional, non-fictional. And they have proven that your creativity gets spiked, but you're working different parts of your brain. So, because it's very easy for the first two years, all I read was self-development and I loved it, but it gets, it's not necessarily stale, but you're not challenging both, all parts of your brain, right? Um, so then the next level is diving into this. One of my favorite biographies is the Elon Musk book. And I think I've read it three or four times and I can tell you Elon Musk is by far, he's always been innovation to the T and he'll go down as, as one of the most memorable people that is solving the world's biggest challenges. If not like, you know, yeah, we can get into that another time. But what that's gotten me into and learning about those and, and the top innovators, one big commonality is that growing up, they all love sci-fi from the books to the movies to anything, right? Science yeah. fiction, things that depicted the future from Star Trek, almost all of them are Trekkies. I don't understand the Star Trek yeah. realm as much, but there's, it, it, this is this common tendency, right? And I think that's a huge component is in why they are creating the future is because they've always been thinking about the future and what it looks like. And I think, and nowadays with, with where CGI's and com computer graphics are going, like movies are so real-like, and, and I am fascinated by space. Another big component of why I love Elon Musk and, and a quick side note, I was very fortunate to watch the Falcon 2 launch live on SpaceX grounds in Cape Canaveral, Florida. Uh, we had the military clearance and everything just because a friend was working at SpaceX and it's like a lottery pick. So that was a huge part of like seeing it closer than anyone else was like, I'm going to be in space. And that's actually part of the 25 year goal is to be beyond high orbit space. Um, and, and many of us are going to have the opportunities here in the next 10 years. So long story short watch sci-fi movies uh and that's the move i think those are the movies that really push the limits and now the space movies whether it's life interstellar to um and and i'm i'm not remembering some of the others but they are all out there and they depict space so spot on with everything that we currently know with physics and, and mm -hmm. anything related to science that i think it just the fascination creates curiosity and anyone knows that curiosity is is what stems to, to really creating the future but living the happiest life if you're living in that state of curiosity you are living at a, a higher state than the vast majority of the world uh you're, you're seeing colors more vibrant you're hearing sounds like my business partners to right. a, a, a a finer tea so um that that's my answer to consuming something that not only uplifts you but i think it gives you a huge or some great perspective in what the future is going to look like and how right. we can all be a part of creating it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And capitalize it and find the opportunities. Right. So I totally agree with you, by the way, I love all the movies that you named. I was like, that's one of my favorites. That's one of my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, even, even uh, just like, like you said, feeding that left and the right brain are super important because entrepreneurship, you know, there's two different kinds of entrepreneurs. You know, there's the guy who, you know, there's the Steve Jobs who was the visionary, who, he was the designer, right? And then there was the Steve Wozniak who was like the actual, like, let's put this wire to this wire, let's write this line of code, you know what I mean? But the mm. best entrepreneurs, you look at Elon Musk, he was a combination, right? He had the know-how of how to, he was an engineer, right? You look at like Jeff Bezos, he had the vision and he had the, the marketing savvy to make Amazon successful, but he was also in there coding every day, right? So feeding that left and right yep. brain is super important. So the next topic that I want to dive into um, is one of your other areas of interest, and that's how to travel on a budget 
and for people who do have a budget and how to be a digital nomad and entrepreneur. So if you just kind of run with, run with it. Yes, yes. So again, I'm, I'm currently living in Bali and I am now, uh, it's been about a month and a half, but I am a full-time traveler. I am living or, or traveling with uh, my girlfriend, Carly, and my business partner, Charlie, is also traveling. Um, he's actually in Bali. He's actually in Abud too, but he's in the town. We're more so in the jungle right now. And we're only able to do this because we said this is what we're going to create. And so rewind a year ago, I was able to travel. I took all 95% of my financial aid that was supposed to go towards school. And I spent <laughs> it on a flight with my girlfriend. And we literally just dipped out in the last semester of college. Like I was, it was probably the dumbest time to leave because I had to walk. Like if I didn't finish this semester, not only would my family murder me, I mean, I would just, I'd be so embarrassed because I, I didn't finish being so close. Um, and that just mostly mean more debt because it'd be another semester, but whatever. And right. we went to Southeast Asia. We, we knew that we could afford it. We had a, a, a friend that had been there and he was like, yeah, it's super affordable, but it's on the opposite side of the world, right? It's going to give you a whole new perspective and some context on this larger world. So we went, we budgeted it out. We, we knew that we could, we could stay for like 30 days. We went. Um, in the middle of the semester, because the semester had to start before you could get the financial aid, literally got it. And I thought, you know what? I looked online. There's Wi-Fi. I'll just take my online courses there. Well, then we get here and I was like, I am not going to like, I'm not going to take any second out uh, away from living over here, right? This is all, everything you do is new. From the food, you meet people to every new city. Um, it's a new experience. So all of a sudden I went rogue. <laughs> Didn't tell professors I was out of the country. Didn't tell anyone and and. Uh, it turned into loving it and realizing I'm not going to regret this. I'm just hoping to God when I get back, they'll somehow understand. And fast forward, we get home and we joked about this idea. What if we moved over here? And we laughed about it. It was, it was, that would be crazy. You know, not many people do that. A couple of weeks later, it turned into what if we made it happen? And then a couple of days later, it's we're going to make it happen. And I say this because it took a full year to transition, to create a business because we didn't really have, this is the time that we had collaborated, started collaborating. Mm -hmm. It was, we had just gotten back from Southeast Asia for the first time collaborating, Dick. Mm -hmm. And it was, how do we make this happen? Okay, well, we need to learn to make money remotely. So we need to be able to make money on the internet. YouTube is a great channel for exposure, brand awareness, but we don't have enough control over how fast we grow. And you can put out the highest quality content, but if you don't do it, you can spend a ton of time and maybe you don't get the results you want, right? If you're banking right. on ad spend or ad budget on YouTube to be your income, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a challenge and you don't know if it's going to be a year from now or five years from now. So then it was getting into the Instagram realm and it took a full year, not going to lie, to get everything to the point that we were ready to come here. We didn't even have that much saved um, Honestly, truth be told, we had like less than $1,000 saved before we left here. My business partner, he had a great job. He had saved a, a good chunk of change. Um, but, but that was just, we knew this was just the timing. I had finished school. So for the year that I finished school, I spent full time working on this business to try to get it to this. And again, I was working almost, you know, full time with my business partner, Chris. And then Charlie was introduced about six to nine months ago. And we all collectively had this mission. This is the lifestyle we all collectively want. This is how we're going to create it. We don't know what 10 years looks like from now, but right now this is the best opportunity. We love doing it. And it's not falling necessarily in love with, um, it's loving the process, but I think for us, it's loving the clients, loving the people that we're working with. It's, it's almost like a controlled environment to some degree. Like the people that we work with, all have growth mindsets, right? They want their brands to be at that next level. So being able to work with them is, is a huge opportunity in itself. And, and furthermore, I guess, on how to bring this to, re, you know, to reality, I wanted to give everyone the context of how we brought it to life because we're not making any kind of crazy money. Like, we're, we're really not. We're working with awesome clients. And in the U.S., it's very common. You finish college, you finish university, and it's like, okay, you move to a big city. So for me, it was what city do I want to move into? you know, to go get a real job, corporate America. And it just didn't sound that appealing. I looked into prices and it was going to cost twice as much as like the college time to get a bare minimum house in a city or, or like apartment, one bedroom or a studio in, in, 
And I didn't like that idea. And I knew I loved entrepreneurship and I was willing to give up like having to pay, you know, having to pay this crazy number to maybe live an alternative lifestyle if it made sense. And that was moving to Asia. We are spending, the cost of living is just a mere fraction. To give you guys an idea, we are living on 10 to 15 US dollars per day. This is including the place we stay. This is including three meals a day, you know, coffee, whatever, having some fun each day. Mm-hmm. You can make it happen and still travel. Um, and, and so for budget-wise, like currently we're only taking out $1,000 per employee. So everything else stays in the business that we can grow and provide a higher quality service. And that's simply what it takes, growing a business. So it's not thinking like you have to be making 10000 a month or anything. It's literally, you could live over here. We have friends that are living over here on $500 a month. Obviously, you're giving up a little bit more. But if you're willing to stay in hostels, you can 100% do it. We're staying in Airbnbs. We found a trick that if you stay in any Airbnb for up to two weeks, so at a bare minimum, if you want to get the best discounts, stay at an Airbnb for two weeks. That's when the discounts hit. But you can stay all the way up to a month and even get a bigger discount. So I think right now we're staying in, here, I'll just kind of show you quick. All right, so this is kind of, we're on like the second floor of, again, we're kind of in a jungle-ish, but this is like all, you know, new. This is, these are the tables we work at every day. I would show you the room, but I don't know what Carly's doing. And then there's like this other Airbnb. So if you come to Bali, you guys can live right next to us. Um, a little kitchen space, but yeah. And then side note, right on the other side of these trees is this hut with like, um, they're, they're Bali's biggest pug breeders. And so I've never really spent time around pugs, the dogs, but there's all these puppies always running around. Like it's the coolest thing. Um, we'll be uploading content on Instagram here shortly. And, and so the other big component of why we made, we thought it made sense to come to Asia was that we knew we, would, we wanted to continue growing our personal brands and also collaborate with more influencers. Well, Bali happens to be the hotspot. There are so many influencers over here. And realizing that on Instagram, you look at them and they're like, oh, they're so, you know, they're so big. They have this crazy lifestyle. When you're over here, you realize the lifestyle they're living in. Yeah, it's good. And it takes work to do what they do. But at the end of the day, they're normal people. And you start a conversation and you have a normal human to human conversation. And so that has led and opened so many doors, just meeting new friends from around the world. Right now we're currently traveling, Carly and I, my girlfriend, we're currently traveling with another couple. Um, And they're from Germany and Australia. And so it's so crazy because now for the next month, we're all going to be living together. And I never would have thought, you know, I'd, I'd, find lifelong friends from other countries and all over the world. Uh, but that's what this enables you to do. And I think above all, if, if you guys can take one thing away from, from my rants and rambles is that traveling is the best form of education, hands down. When you are out, you know, it's better than a classroom. It's better than a book. It's better than anything. And, and the reasoning is because you are consuming so much more information when you're taking in and experiencing, immersing yourself in new cultures, trying new foods, meeting new people. It is a whole, new, whole other combination. And the other thing is you're, you're constantly growing because you are uncomfortable. You are not ever in your normal kind of routine to some degree. You can have routines, but you're never in the norm. And I think that's when you start to really grow. That's when you start to experience life at another level. And to tell you the truth, there's phases to like not living at home. It, it sucked last, or last week. I went through this weird dip. I'm a really happy guy, uplifting guy, but for, I was just kind of like sad. I don't know if it was a little bit of homesick or like, I don't know. I didn't, I, I didn't have the clarity that I usually feel and it went away. But I think that's also a part of the growth that traveling brings. Cause you start to realize you, you just, you're more aware of yourself, I guess, simply put is what I'm trying to get at. And you go through some of the ups and downs through traveling that I think would take a lifetime to do if you didn't, if you, if you weren't able to travel. And then the other thing to give you perspective, Southeast Asia is the gold mine right now. We're traveling full time. We don't have any plans of quitting. Um, as of two days ago, we didn't know where we were headed after Bali because there's only a 60 day tourist visa. So then they kick you out of the country after um, the 60 days is up. So right, right. literally 
and, and I think that's also kind of cool is, is not knowing where you go. And, and like Rob Sharma preaches, you, you need to embrace and love the uncertainty in life because a lot of people don't have that, right? There's people that are mm-hmm. wishing and dreaming that one day they could get an education in school and realizing how fortunate we are to already have that or to have access to the internet where we can educate ourselves. But then the next level is um, really being able to, uh, to experience things firsthand and, and not listening to what other people have to say about traveling, but just getting out there and doing it. And I would love, if you're interested, reach out on Instagram. Uh, you can DM me and I'll, I, I promise I'll respond. So the easiest way is probably through Instagram. And um, my name is Con- Connor Richard McGowan Paulson. So my initials is CRMP and then the number six on Instagram. And you'll see me on there and, and shoot me a DM when you hear this. Um, ask me any questions related to travel because I would love to help. And to give you some idea, from Chicago all the way to Bangkok, which is literally around the world, one of the longest flights in the world, there are tricks to literally get full or round trip flights from Chicago to Bangkok and back for $400, like 400 US dollars. And I don't think people realize that because they're not looking into it. They want to travel, but they don't want to travel enough. So that's what we were able to fly over on originally. And that took some time, not going to lie. That took like two weeks of, of going through this kind of process, but I can teach you, I can show you the website exactly what to do. Um, if you really want to travel, reach out. If you're kind of like, Traveling sounds cool. Don't reach out. <laughs> <laughs> so to, and then to, to kind of wrap this up, Connor, so we're going to definitely have your website and your Instagram, both your business Instagram and your personal Instagram in the show notes, which people can find at onlinegrowthsystems.com slash blog slash show notes. Look for Connor's episode. We're going to have everything in there from the transcript of the show, links to where you can watch it. Uh, we're going to have that list of Connor's recommended books that he's going to be sending after this. Um, anything that you will, I've heard in this podcast or seen on the show right now, you can find there. So, Connor, what is one more thing that – what's a call to action that you want the people watching, listening, or reading this, the people who are consuming this content right now? They're on fire. They're pumped up. What do you want them to do? Is it to follow you? Is it to connect with you? Is it to read a book? Like, you can literally give them anything that you want to do. Yes. So it's, it's a part A and B. Firstly, let's, let's start chatting on Instagram. Uh, because that's our business, I spend the most time on Instagram. That's going to be the easiest way to, to communicate with me. And I would just love to, to have these conversations, get your guys' views, um, but to build new relationships. My call to action for you guys is to get out and go travel. Whether you have the budget or not, go travel to the new neighboring city that you've never been to. Go stay in an Airbnb. Literally, look on Airbnb. And go stay at a random house on a river. Like, it doesn't matter. Just go do something that you haven't done before. And for Airbnb, you can find something as cheap as, you know, $5 a night, $15 a night. And maybe work an extra couple hours so that you can afford it next week or something. But go do it. Whether you bring some friends with and, and, and share the experience or you go do it alone. I think there's a lot of value in solitude. So that's my call to action to you. But um, I, w- I would love to connect with everyone. So Instagram is definitely our focus and, and will be for the next five, 10 years, if not longer. And so reach out if you have any questions or if you're interested, I would love to offer a free seven day trial to anyone that is serious about taking their Instagram brand to the next level. Uh, and you can also, I'll, I'll have the link uh, to set that up and we can set up a quick call together. So that is it. Awesome. I'm excited guys. Awesome. Thanks Connor. I appreciate you being on the show. Thank you. We'll see you later. See you Dick. All right. Thanks, Growthers. I come from a town where most of the people are so close-minded. They go into school and they work in a job, but they don't even like it. I won't be put in a box. Nobody telling me what I should rock. Nobody telling me what I should drop. Cause I do what I want and just know I don't stop. Recording till four in the morning, they snoring. I'm pouring my soul into every story. I'm writing, producing, I mix it, I master, I'm building my craft and I'm not looking back. I've been going doing things I wanna do when I want to.